Okay. Welcome. Welcome, Susie, to um, the Between Two Breaths podcast. Um, this is our first guest. Normally, it's me and Jalil, and um, I'm really excited to not just have a new person on, but you specifically, because you have in a very sometimes distant way, but sometimes also um, very integral way, been a part of this journey uh, almost since the beginning. You've been a part of the BRT Studio journey, um, and we'll get into that with this conversation. Um, but before before we dive in, um, before I share the good news with all that are listening, what would you like to say? How would you like to introduce yourself and, and what's going on for you right now in this moment? Well, um, I'm Susie. I'm the CEO and founder of Unplug Meditation, and I'm so excited to meet all of you. Uh, the thing that is going on for me at this moment is helpfulness, mm. how to be helpful to people who right now may not know the tools for stress, anxiety, panic attacks, happiness, and they may be suffering in some way. And hopefully you and I together will be able to share some of the wisdom that we know with them so that it can make a real impact on their lives. So that's how I'm feeling. Thank you. We're feeling we're feeling the same way. And um, I'm really grateful because Unplugged, this is the first time on Between Two Breaths that we're having a sponsor. So Unplug is sponsoring this episode. And um, it, it, it's really cool, again, just because of how much this studio and, and you personally, Susie, honestly, like have, have been there for me on this journey over the last three to four years. Um, so if you're listening to this episode, if you're listening to this um, and you would like to sign up for the Unplug app, um, which I highly recommend, I've got a few meditations on there. I'd like to do a few more if I'm ever back out in L.A., because um, those were a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. You can do so um, using the promo code RUA, my name, R-U-A-V-I-P, RUA, V-I-P, R-U-A-V-I-P, and you can get two months free just by entering that, no credit card required. So On unplug.app. Yes, and I will leave the link in the show notes um, if you want to go check it out. But I highly recommend it. They've got a lot of really cool um, meditation teachers, breathwork teachers, sound facilitators, um, a shamanic journeys. I mean, the app is really a, it's a treasure trove of a lot of different mindfulness um, journeys, but also meditations and practices that you can do very easily with your driving or comfort of your own home or taking a walk in the park with your dog. So highly, highly recommend that. Also. If you're interested in experiencing Unplugged Meditation Teacher Training, which is the program that I did a couple of years ago, you can use my name, Rua, R-U-A, uh, or the name of this podcast, Between Two Breaths, in your application, and you'll get $100 off your tuition. Um, I know the next training begins October 22nd. Wonderful. Yes. Okay, so we're just over a month out. Um, this podcast will be released sometime between now and then. So people will have more opportunity to hear this and, and generate, you know, the interest and the income to, to do it. Um, but I honestly can't express enough how much it, it meant to me, how much those, those months changed me, not just professionally as a teacher, but also personally as a human. Um, it was, it was genuinely something that I felt really good going into 
Sometimes these programs, you can be a little apprehensive and you can be a little hesitant um, because it's a commitment. And, you know, sometimes you go to places that may feel vulnerable and uncomfortable and you're sharing them with strangers. But I have to say the, the, the network and the community provided then and it still provides today. Mm. Um, so I, I really recommend and encourage you if you're interested, check it out and um, apply. Apply to become a new unplugged meditation teacher. Um, I guarantee you, you will not regret that decision. Thank you. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I would love to hear kind of what you've been up to since you, since you graduated. Yeah. So I graduated, um, I think two years ago now, 2021, mm -hmm. fall 2021. And, um, I've been up to a lot. Um, currently, I mean, I'm the co-steward of BRT studio with Jalil, um, but I'm also working with um, two organizations, uh, one currently, one is, is about to happen in the mm -hmm. schools here in D.C. I'm doing a lot of work um, with the kids here using mindfulness tools and uh, such as breath work, meditation, visualization to teach them how to self-regulate. Um, and I do that through play and sports and games. I had a few sessions this morning at an elementary school here. And um, I'm also going to be doing that at the lunch period of another school um, in about a month or so. So I've been I've been doing a lot of work with kids, which is which is what I want to do. And mm -hmm. also I've been doing a lot of work with creatives and adults. Um, I'm a part of a performance company, Spirit Wild, and uh, we're a healing experiential performance company. So all the that I'm the narrator in the group. So basically all my my narrations and storytelling are based around how to create a more meditative environment and experience for the um, the audience, which is more participatory than just viewing. Um, and, you know, like I bring it with me everywhere. My um, I'll just give you a couple of examples. My my brother got married um, at the end New Year's eve of going into 2023 so new year's eve 2022 in miami and i'm I, I was in the room with all the bridesmaids and the groomsmen and the parents before the wedding and everyone's nervous everyone's really nervous it's, it's about to happen it's a big wedding it's in miami it's new year's eve all the energy's moving and his fiance now wife actually asked me to do a short meditation so i got to do a five minute meditation right before my brother's wedding which calmed the room, brought the energy down, and it was it was a beautiful experience. But then my godfather asked me to do the same thing. Uh, we normally do a prayer when we get together for um, Father's Day. And uh, my father was the one who did that. My father since passed away. So then my brother kind of picked up the mantle because uh, he's like the natural preacher. But then this year, my godfather asked me to do a meditation. And wow. so before Father's Day brunch, I did a meditation and there are other way I, I'm doing my breathwork classes all around D.C. now, um, um, getting invited to do workshops and different things like that. But I really have to say I'm using it personally. And also when I just engage with another person or a group, uh, however big or small, I'm using it moment to moment. Mm, I love that. I mean, that's the thing that we we don't even talk about at this teacher training is like how you're going to use it. And it's really about one finding your purpose in life, which is really to share these tools with as many people as possible because they're so helpful and they've helped us. Right. Yeah. So 
that's why I think I'm even here on this planet is to just help people help themselves. Yeah. Because it really is just so easy once you learn how to, and you get rid of all those myths, you know, all those things people think about meditation, like, and you know this because we talk about it, but I can't do it because I think too much. This is a thing we all hear all the time. People think that meditation is something where you have to turn your brain off and get all Zen. And if you can't do that, you are a failure at meditation. And that is so far from the truth. We have 60,000 thoughts every single day. And most of them are repetitive. Many of them are unnecessary. Many of them are unkind. Many of them are just thoughts we wish we could flush down the toilet. And when you start to meditate, one of the best gifts you can get is to actually be still enough and silent enough to actually notice what they are because mostly they're running on your subconscious mind. You don't even know what you're saying to yourself because you're busy. We're all busy, right? But when you stop and you hear your inner voice, you're like, wow. These are the lies I tell myself. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't do this. All these things, these are lies. They're not true. And we are designed to look for flaws, to look for the problem, to look for, you know, we go to the news, not to see the good stories, to see like what's happening in the world that's bad because it makes us feel better. But our mind is designed like that too. So when you actually notice and you're sitting still and you notice these thoughts, you're able to change the narrative in your brain so that you can design your own thoughtscape. And that is the thing that people don't really talk about in meditation is, yeah, you're going to be battling your brain the entire time. We did this technique that I learned from Light Watkins called, you know, the bicep curl for the brain. Your mind wanders, you come back to the present moment. Mind wanders, come back. That bicep curl of constantly going back and forth between your mind going into the future, into the past, and coming back to the here and now is the practice of meditation. Yeah, It's so hard to be present, but like this is a skill to be present. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And I was wondering where I got that 60,000 thoughts a day fact from. Now I remember that's from the yeah. course. It's, um, it's five to 80, 5,000 to 80,000 thoughts. 5,000 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Wow. Per human every day. And like you said, most of those thoughts are not positive. They're not uplifting. They're not supportive or inspiring. Um, but you also said something that I thought was really interesting. You said, you know, if you're able to um kind of control and be mindful of the thoughtscape in your brain you can then really apply that to your reality and and it like you said it's 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 something that when people hear meditation they think oh no thoughts empty mind mm. you know empty vessel buddha sitting under the tree and i i can say i have had moments like that deep deep moments of deep silence and deep peace and meditation but the majority of the time my meditation is is daily moment to moment just when i'm doing stuff Mm -hmm. and it's because there's so many thoughts moving in my head and swirling around and trying to take me on this course or the next um and i have to say that up until maybe three 
three years ago, maybe two years ago. Honestly, it was maybe while I was doing this program. Um, it may have been because I was going through a lot in 2021. Um, the majority of my thoughts were not positive. They were negative. And I had already started to embark on this journey. I had been doing this work. And so to your point, Susie, it is a skill. It is an exercise. It's, it's, it's a sort of muscle memory of the emotions and the mind and the spirit. Um, because for far too many of us and for far too long, we're tending to the narratives that kind of give us that rush um, of feeling inadequate mm -hmm. or not feeling like we can do something or not feeling ready or whatever it may be. And so I'm curious because like your background um, is, is in a world, you know, that was, is really predicated on making people, we kind of come from the same world, entertainment in a way. And it, it, it's predicated on making us feel insecure and less than so that we need something. We need to go out for me as an actor, I need to get this job to be full. You know, in, in the fashion world and the editorial world, like people are looking at these magazines and saying, I need to look this way. I need to have these clothes to feel full. So mm -hmm. what was what was your process like moving? Because I think that's the hardest thing is when you're in a world like that, which is the majority of the world, uh, regardless of your field or career, when you're operating in a world like that and you have as much success as you did, um, it's hard to shift away. Um, so I'm just curious. I've always been fascinated and inspired by like your decision to move away. And I just would love to hear you share a little bit about that. Well, for those of you who don't know this, I used to be a fashion editor. Um, I started at Vogue, went to Elle, Marie Claire. I was a glamour for 14 and a half years doing regular spots on TV, like Good Morning America, Today Show, Oprah, all that stuff, the do's and don'ts section where I would go and I would kind of go on the beach and grab people off the beach and do swimsuit makeovers or on Oprah did the swimsuit makeovers or I would go to fashion week all over the world. I had the best job on the planet. I loved it. I thought it was fun. It was fantastic. This was before we all knew not to call people by their fruit, fruit shapes. Like we used to call people pears and apples and all this stuff that we'd be canceled for now. Um, you know, calling them out and then trying to like squeeze them into something else that they actually were not. At that time, we felt we were being helpful. But the truth is, is now we know better. Anyway, needless to say, it was great. I loved it. And my husband at this time was offered this like unbelievable situation situation in California. And my whole family was from New York City. And I ended up going with his dream because I had been living mine for so long. So I quit my job with my three little kids, moved to Los Angeles, knowing I was going to work again because I've never not worked in my entire life, but taking a little bit of a break. And in that little bit of a break, I started working again. And it really was hard for me because I didn't know anybody in California. So to leave your children with strangers or not have support or, you know, it was, I was stressed. Mm -hmm. And yes, I was still able to do work in fashion, but my stress was so overwhelming that my mother-in-law said, you need to breathe. And I'm like, what is that? And she <laughs> taught me how to breathe. And I'm like, why is everybody not doing this? Why didn't you teach me this earlier? How? How did that work? How did I go from like panic attack to chill on the beach of Jamaica? 
because that's where I went in my mind. And she's like, you really need to learn how to meditate. So when I started learning how to meditate and going to all these different classes and doing all these things, I became so much more interested in that than I ever was in fashion. And I was being asked to do things like report on what people were wearing on the red carpet for TV shows. And it was interrupting my meditation course at UCLA and the different courses I was taking. And I was feeling like, what? I can't do that anymore. Mm. I can't, you know, critique these people. Like, I, what am I doing with my life? This is not what I want to do with my life. I want to do this with my life. I want to meditate. I want to discover who I am. I want to share this with everybody that will let me share it with them. And I became the most boring person on the planet, according to my husband, because every word out of my mouth was meditation. I've soon learned how to curb that a little bit. All I wanted to talk about was this new tool and techniques that I had learned. And I wanted to share it with the people that were sitting next to me having panic attacks on the airplane. I wanted to share it with the person at the checkout stand who looked a little stressed out. I was like, I just wanted to share with everybody. And that is really what happened to the point where I got so into this that I was so not into that anymore. Mm. And I just cut the cord on that. Mm. I'm still friends with all my friends from those days. Yeah. But, and I still do love like watching the shows sometimes on like seeing the creativity and the glamour and the goods, but it is not what I'm here for. I'm yeah. honestly here to help anyone and everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And learn I think, what I learned. no, yeah. To learn what you learned. Sorry to cut you off there. Um, I, I, yeah, that's, we, we definitely share that. Um, and there's just, there's two things I just wanted to highlight about. Thank you for sharing that, that story um, about your story. One was you, you gave yourself a break, right? You gave yourself a chunk of time. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that's why, maybe you've told this story before and I've forgotten it, why the studio is called Unplug, but you gave yourself a time to unplug, just like when you need to turn the computer off if it's overheating, right? You did that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that I did, um, making the transition out of acting into teaching. Um, that's one thing I know Jalil did. Um, and I think it's a thing that we in this country are very scared to do. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's something that I don't think, you know, it's 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 for everyone, but I do think everyone has the capacity to even even if it's just like taking the weekend to yourself, right? It doesn't need to be months or a year. Even if it's just taking the evening, just making a commitment to prioritize checking out and mm. checking back into yourself. And if you can make that slowly a practice, that in itself is that meditation bicep, right? Here are the mm. thoughts, here's life, here's all the craziness. Let me get back to me. Even if it's 30 minutes, you may have kids, they may be young, everything, and there's no time. But if you can just carve out that little bit of time just for you and let it build over time, it, it really is gonna have um, some extreme benefits. Um, the other thing I was going to say was how you mentioned you still watch the shows. Obviously, you're still you know friends with people from that time. But and this was something that's been alive for me a lot recently. When when I've gone through major life renovations, let's call it soul renovations, 
I have realized there's an old part of me that wants to come out on the other side and be like, okay, what can I accomplish? What can I do with this? Why is this happening? When is the next thing going to happen? But what I've realized as these continue to happen is that it's more a, a how type response. It's like, how am I showing up? How am I feeling in this moment? How do I want to feel when I'm with people? How do I want to be in this life? And, and it, you know, it's what you were expressing. You're watching it now. You're, you're not engaged in the, in the fashion industry anymore, but you can still appreciate it, right? Mm -hmm. You can, you still have that. There's a, there's a way of being where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't have any, you know, hard feelings towards it, but I love it. And I appreciate it and I'm grateful for it. And I'm still connected to that world and those people and those memories. So it's it's not like, a, a, you know, a scorch the earth, cut all ties um, philosophy or experience all the time. Like you can remain grateful and open, even if it takes some time um, to who you were and what you did. And maybe even the people that you were doing this stuff with before when you're going through these kind of awakening experiences or transformational processes. Um, because I think one fear that people have when they think about meditation or mindfulness, and I know that I did, and I continue to have it in some ways, funnily enough, is you think you're going to lose everything. Mm. And you're, you're going to have to kind of go into this ascetic way of living because mm. that's kind of the image is the monk in the cave or the monk on the hill. No friends, no family, the, the renunciant. And maybe that's just me, but that was one thing that kind of kept me tethered to a lot of old stories and old relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also just curious for you, like when you were going through that process of, well, this ties into that question. Um, you said you were playing your role so, so well that when your husband got this job, you were willing to take a step back and let him play his role mm -hmm. really well. What was that process like? Because I feel like there's some sort of like 100% of renunciation or a death of a way of being that, that comes in with that shift and change, not just in career and lifestyle, but also like from coast to coast, your family, now you're leaving them, you're coming to the other side of the country. How did you transition through that? Um, well, you know, for me, love is a priority. You know, we look back on our life and we don't think about what we did. We think about like love, like who we loved and how our love impacted each other. So for me, like I, I went for love mm. and, and also adventure, to be honest, when he planted that seed, don't you want an adventure? He knew how to talk to me because I love an adventure. I love a challenge. So for me to just like not know what was going on and to start all over again was such a challenge. Mm. And the way that I dealt with it was, even though I was so sad to leave my mom, who my father had just passed away, my sister was there, my brother was there, my friends were there, even though it was sad to move across country from them, I made a conscientious decision to love it, mm. even if I didn't love it. So I decided I was gonna love LA and I was gonna love everything about LA. And even if I didn't like LA, I would love LA. I know that sounds strange, 
No, it doesn't sound strange at all. But when people were like, how are you doing? I'm like, I had my soundbite. I love it. This is great. Like, and I just kept saying that just like we're talking about with our brains. Mm. So, and as you were talking, I was thinking about a word cloud. If we were to take most people's brains right now and they were going to sit down for an hour by themselves and just write down every word that popped up, they probably would have a pretty dark word cloud. Mm. So I was like recreating my work word cloud in my brain mm. to love LA. This is so it's sunny all the time. Like what's not to love about this place. And I was saying these things. And as I was saying them, they were feeling real and they were mm. coming true. And there were moments where I was like, this, what is this place? Like, <laughs> <laughs> are those, they call that lips. No, <laughs> I'm like, what is, what is that? No, um, but there's, there's a lot of stuff to adjust to. Yeah. On, yeah. On, on the best coast, which is now this coast, um, because I'm here. So it has to be the best coast. <laughs> but if I was there, that would be the best coast. Yeah. Um, but just like kind of mentally making decision to wherever you are, whomever you're with to just love, love mm. it even if you don't. And mm. some people might think you're telling yourself a lie, but that lie very soon becomes true in a good way. Yeah. 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 And I thank you for that. I was, I'm, I'm even gonna, I'd like to add on to, I don't, I don't think it's a lie. Um, I actually think it's, it may appear to be a lie. It may appear to be some act of denial or delusion, but in reality, I actually think it's the, the truest thing that's going on and that you can do because mm -hmm. the reality from, from my experience um, is that everything is love yeah. and everything is always loving you. Even if it doesn't feel like that, as hard as it can be sometimes to, um, to feel love, even that situation is love. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of those really hard moments and seasons, to be honest, um, mm -hmm. years that felt, and my rain, my my thought cloud was very rainy. It was stormy. Right. And I also made the decision at a certain point. I think mine was a little different where instead of actively loving everything, I was actively releasing everything. Mm -hmm. I was letting everything go. I was surrendering. And because mm -hmm. of that act of surrender over time, <clears throat> and I'd say it's about 18 months, two years, that, that time period, I'm now able to sit in the awareness of everything is love, mm. no matter what's going on. Like I, I work with kids, you have kids. Sometimes kids can be challenging. Sometimes the people that work with the kids can be challenging even more than the kids. Mm -hmm. And I am able, I wasn't able to last year, but now I'm able, cause it happened this morning to feel the discomfort, to feel even the judgment coming up in me, to mm -hmm. feel, how I felt as a nine-year-old being like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this and still love it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm saying is I actually think it, it is the realest thing that we can experience. And it's, it's such a simple yet profound mindset shift mm -hmm. that at and in 2023, I think may feel a little kind of cliche, because we have access to so much information and more than ever, we're able to look at all these, oh, there's a butterfly. 
Oh, Mana. we're in a good place. We are, yeah. Um, well, we're able to consume a lot of the personal development, um, wellness uh, world, spiritual world um, um, content, uh, be it lectures, classes, uh, whatever it may be. And I know at least in my like Instagram or YouTube feed, some of this stuff can feel redundant. Mm-hmm. And it can feel like, oh, people are just saying this. Or, oh, they already have a million dollars, so they can they can talk this way. But the reality is, for anyone listening, it's like, it's real. Mm-hmm. It's real. And mm-hmm. you don't need a million dollars. Actually, mm-hmm. you don't. Even mm-hmm. though I just bought a Powerball ticket for $550 ah! million. Dollars. But <laughs> I hope you, you win. I, I'm, I'm taking all that I've been in. fantasizing about that my whole life, by the way. Winning the I, lottery? <laughs> yeah. I think we all do. But one thing I want to add is that there's this girl who took the Unplugged Meditation Teacher Training Program. She's from Jamaica. I love her so much. And I love seeing her. She's in cute clothes. She's hanging out with her mm. friends, eating and dancing and mm. smiling. And I'm like, that is life. Mm-hmm. And and you can't buy that. Right. No amount of money in the world is going to give you friends that are real and authentic mm. that you can dance with and smile with and and just chill and eat with. So for me, like aspirationally speaking, just being light and not getting so mm. caught up like our brains were not designed to take in all this information. Mm-hmm. There's too much information coming in. So if you look at like CNN and ABC, we weren't designed to know everything about the world every second of the day. So maybe I'm plugging, and I'm not saying don't read the news ever, but maybe thinking, giving yourself as much time as you spend you know, doom scrolling and, you know, trauma bonding, focusing on like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. What do you actually care about? Like for me, what I care about is my friends, my family, and like in having fun. I'll be honest with you. I want to have fun. And fun doesn't cost anything for me. Like I can have fun by my, like sitting and giggling with a friend, like, no alcohol, nothing, just like a joke can make me laugh. I'm laughing now thinking about a joke I heard. But so I really think like that should be the aspiration is to enjoy the present moment. Yeah. Don't worry about everything happening in the world going, you know, our world's going to melt or, yeah. you know, yes, it's going to happen if we don't do things about it and we have to do things about it but we also have to take care of our mental state because you are of no use to anyone around you if you are walking around in your dark word cloud. Yeah, you're just getting rained on and you're not able to keep anyone else dry because you smell like a wet dog. <laughs> there, was, there was one thing I also wanted to add to that is you said our yeah. brains are not made to consume all of this information. I also just think on the other side is we also haven't received the training Um, which is what you're speaking to a lot of this reprogramming, the training to just be grateful for friends and family and good food and fun. Mm -hmm. So that in itself requires effort. That in itself requires a conscious decision and to make a choice to say, hey, even if this is unfamiliar to me, just kind of like you move into LA, 
and not working, I'm going to choose to do this because I know it's me following my heart. It's me mm -hmm. following my bliss. It's an adventure. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to choose to do it in a way that's open hearted and open minded, mm -hmm. even when it feels like the rainy days are never ending. Mm -hmm. That in itself, oh my gosh, that requires so much reprogramming, repracticing, reframing, reshifting the narrative and the perspective. And again, I mean, I, I can't speak to it enough. I think, yes, having a meditation practice mm -hmm. is incredibly useful for that. But I think just like a lot of things, if you really want to dive deeper into the, the experience, the practice, the craft, um, learning how to do it, mm. learning how to facilitate it, learning how to take others through it gives you a certain level of knowledge. So completely shameless plug um, here again for the Unplugged Meditation Teacher Training Program. But seriously, um, whether it's this program or another, like it's it's one thing to read the books. It's one thing to 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 receive the information. It's another thing to put it into practice and to mm -hmm. apply it and to have a deeper understanding that you can then integrate into your life. And I'm just speaking from personal experience. What I love so much about the program is that just what you said, we learn so much. We can take all these online programs and I've done a lot myself. But if you don't practice, you're never going to be good. So what I love about the Unplugged Teacher Training Program is it's five weeks, you're learning all every single thing. By the time that you end your five weeks, you know more than 98% of the meditation teachers out there. But it's the sixth week, that's the sweet spot where you are live with us and you are teaching one-on-one -on -one other people, even if you stink in the beginning, and then you're teaching small groups, and then you're teaching large groups, and the next thing you know, you're teaching on the Unplugged platform to our global audience. And that is the beauty of the program is that you get comfortable, you fall, you're gonna fall down a lot, but then you're gonna rise at the end, and by the end, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I've already taught like 14 classes in the six weeks, I can teach tomorrow. And that's the coolest part about it. I also want to say one more thing, and that is that we were talking about techniques. And one of the best techniques that you were talking about is to change this little teeny thing. Instead of saying like, oh, I have to move to LA. Oh my God. I mean, that's like a terrible thing. I'm, I get to move to LA. How lucky am I? Mm. Oh, I have to do the dishes. I get to do the dishes. I have dishes. Like I get to do that. So I I feel when I do the dishes, I used to hate doing the dishes. I used to hate weeding in my backyard. But I get to weed now and I get to do the dishes and not everybody gets that. Yeah. So I feel very lucky and blessed that I get to do instead of I have to do. So just flipping that little switch and it can go for everything. Oh, I have to take a shower. You get to take a shower. You have a shower. Some people don't have showers. Yeah. You I would I would just I would just encapsulate all of that um I get to versus I have to into gratitude. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's one of it's one of my favorite practices. It's one of my favorite philosophies. It's one of my favorite and yet it's probably the most simple meditation is just a gratitude meditation. Mm 
-hmm. gratitude for the ability to breathe, mm. gratitude for the fact that you have hands with mm -hmm. 10 fingers, gratitude. Has that. No, you know, gratitude that you can see, um, mm -hmm. gratitude that you can hear um, without it being impaired, gratitude that you can smell, even the funky things and taste, yeah. even the nasty things. They're all part of the experience um, that we're, we're all on, we're all on this journey. And these are all moments in the experience that um, when I made that shift, I actually got sad. When I made the shift from, I have to do this to, I get to do this from feeling like things were a burden to being grateful for them and feeling like they were a gift, I got sad. And I have to admit, I got sad because I realized um, that for so long, I was keeping myself from this feeling. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. keeping myself from feeling good. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. Keeping myself from feeling light. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, ugh, I had to do this. Yeah. Oh God, I gotta oh, I gotta go see this person. I don't want to drive that far. I don't want to get up this morning. Okay, boom, 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 boom. Right? It all adds up. It's an it's a cumulative effect mm -hmm. versus shifting. I get to do this. I get to do that. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to do this. It's an right. ascending. You know, it's like you're going up an elevator or an escalator with no end, with no ceiling, and you're just going higher and higher and higher. And it has been an incredible ride. It's one that's been unfamiliar. It's been alien in a lot of ways. Um, it feels destabilizing sometimes, but mm -hmm. I wake up every day just excited for what I'm going to get to experience. Mm. I love that and i i know people feel that way sometimes that when they learn these techniques oh my gosh i wasted so much time <laughs> i'm worried on anxiety and things that never actually happened and one of the most beautiful things that i think happens with with meditation and i've noticed with myself is that it really slows down time and, the, and everybody says the same thing when they become consistent meditators, whether it's five minutes every morning or 10 minutes every morning, it doesn't have to be long to work. That time slows down. Mm. And the beauty of when time slows down is it's not really slowing down. It's just that you're becoming more present during the time. So you can do more because mm. when you're not present, you're actually thinking about all the things and you don't end up doing anything. So when you're present, you're like, whoa, is this like been 10 hours? No, it's been 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, wow. Like time has gone so slow. It's such a gift. And I'm like, I can do all this stuff. They're like, how do you do all that stuff? Oh, I know how. I am actually present in the present moment. That's my secret sauce. And I'm not present in the present moment all the time, um, but I'm aware when I'm not present in the present moment. And there's this thing I love telling people because someone taught it to me and I'm like, this is the best. Before you meditate, you're totally unaware of how totally unaware you are, right? You're just like checking the boxes. Then you meditate and you become a little aware of how unaware you are. Then you do it a little bit longer and you become aware when you're actually aware. Mm. And then when you become like, you know, the Dalai <laughs> Lama, you're just like living in awareness. Yeah. I haven't hit that point 
I'm in the aware when I'm aware point. That's, I mean, that's a very advanced place to be. I just have one more question because um, I also want to be respectful of your time, but it, it it builds on what you just said, which is funny that you said it because um, I was thinking about it before you said it, which is, and maybe this is not something that you experience, but I, I imagine you've had students um, and other facilitators that you've worked with that probably have. What happens or how do you find the balance between how do you find the sweet spot between being present and being aware in the moment, in the world around you, in that meditative state of awareness within awareness versus when you get really deep into the bliss of meditation and you don't want to come out back into the moment, back into reality, and you just want to meditate all day and be mm -hmm. blissed out all the time mm -hmm. um, and you are no longer getting things done and you know you're you're forgetting to return phone calls and you're forgetting to do the dishes because you're just having so much fun meditating. Mm. Uh, I've I've been in that state where I've just experienced states of bliss and consciousness that I'm like I don't want to leave. Mm. I don't want to leave and it can be hard to come back into reality with all that's happening in it. So I'm just curious for you personally as well as um, any people that you may know that like have found a, a healthy balance when it comes to those two? Mm, that's a great question. Well, for me, I use meditation as a tool. Like I'm not one of the people that will sit in meditation for six hours. There are a lot of people who do that and I really respect them, but I've never been that person. In fact, going on a day long silent retreat was one of the hardest things I've ever done because I'm a talker and I like talking. But for me, what I do is I have limits. So I wake up, I literally click the unplug app and do a 10 minute meditation first thing before I get out of bed. So you couldn't pay me to get out of bed without meditating. Then I start my day. Then I'll do another one like right after work. So five o'clock where I'm just like cleansing the palate of the day. So when I go home, I'm a different person. And maybe sometimes I'll take a class, which is like 45 minutes downstairs at the studio where I'll just like leave my body. And then I come back 45 minutes later. I'm like, how'd that happen? But I know that for me, setting limits on my meditation is very helpful. Mm. So I don't, unless I'm doing a retreat or going on like a three hour meditative retreat, I'm never doing that by myself. Mm -hmm. But I hear you in that I do love it. And I, I hate coming out sometimes. I'm like, okay, open your eyes. I'm like, why? <laughs> why must I? All right, I've got to live. So yeah. as Megan Monaghan always says, it's not what happens on the mat. It's what happens off the mat. Mm-hmm. So you take what you get from meditation and you bring it into your life. And pretty soon that becomes like a daily practice, like being present with you Rua, right now is a gift. And yeah. when I was in fashion, I'd be like, okay, uh, I got two more minutes with Rua. Okay. I got, you know, I would not even want to hang out with me then. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's a that's a great that's a great way to to wrap this up. What would you say to you then right now as you are now? What would what's one message you would have for um my younger self? Yeah, for younger Susie. Oh, I wish younger Susie 
did the Unplug Meditation Teacher Training Program back in 2000. Mm. I wish I was present for that part of my life because mm. I was probably 25% present, which is still pretty good if you think yeah. about how many thoughts we have every day. But I was definitely not like I'd say 75% present, which is where I kind of am. So I wish I had that gift and I knew those tools and I was able to forgive myself when I was upset. I wasted so much time when you do something stupid and you hate yourself and you replay it in your brain over and over and over again. Cause I was someone who did a lot of stupid things often like everyone, you know, probably, but when you're younger, you have to make a million mistakes. So you end up learning from those. But I used to beat myself up over them. Now, when I make a mistake, I'm like, that was bad. But you know what? It happened. Water under the bridge. Next. Yeah. So I wish I had, you know, learned from the best, like David G, to be even, I wouldn't have taught meditation, but I would have at least had those tools. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I wish. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way. We can't press the rewind button on life. Hey, no, maybe we, my only regret in life is I didn't meditate earlier. Well, I mean, we can't literally press the reset, the rewind button, but I do think we can kind of like you just did. And I imagine if you did this in a meditation, you could go back to, you know, Susie 20 years ago and you could have this conversation with her. And, and I've you, had it. I imagine you've done so much. You could shift that memory. You know, those emotions that still may be clinging on even to this day can be released. A perspective mm -hmm. that may still be branded into the mind could be shifted. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it, meditation across the board is, is a very, very powerful tool. Um, and I'm really grateful that I've been able to explore it and experience it um, as a result of you through the meditation uh, teacher training at Unplug. Um, and also, I didn't mention it before because I didn't know if he was still a part of it. David G. David G is the co-facilitator of the program. And I have to say, having the balance between David G and Susie, it was like, you know, your aunt and uncle that come in from out of town and they're like, they're really, really fun and you don't want them to leave. And you're just like, man, why are my parents not like that? You know, <laughs> every kid has that that dynamic. And having six weeks with David G and Susie doing this kind of training was like that. It's like coming in to your aunt and uncle's house and you're like, these two are fun. I want to spend more time there. I want to spend more time doing what they're doing. And just the balance between your backgrounds and the difference between where you come from, where he comes from, and the way you guys work off each other is just is really, really brilliant. So again, you know, if you if you have the opportunity and you're listening to this podcast, to 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 look into at the very least to look into the the teacher training program do so um if you're feeling called to apply do it um because you won't regret it even if you don't want to teach it's it's a beautiful experience that will elevate your life and illuminate certain parts of yourself of which you're probably currently unaware that you're unaware of and 6 weeks 6 weeks is a month and a half that's not a long time right? To grow and evolve in ways that sometimes may take 10, 20, 15, 
30 years even. Um, it, it's a very, very powerful experience. And um, I really, I really can't uh, give it enough praise, but um, is there anything else that, that you want to share about the program? I just want to say thank you for all that you do and the impact that you're having on so many lives. For those of you who don't know, we met because my friend Melissa told me that she has these two guys who've taught her breath work, who's completely changed her life. And if I don't know them, there's something <laughs> wrong with me. I have to meet these guys. And when I met you two, I just felt so lucky that Melissa introduced us. And I know our paths have crossed several times and I hope they keep crossing because I just think you're so, and both of you are so wonderful and have so much to offer the world and are changing the world. And, you know, thank you for what you do. And thank you for not hoarding all these tools and sharing it with your audience so that they can live healthier and happier lives. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> thank you, Susie. Thank you. All right, everyone. Remember, the Unplugged Meditation Teacher Training begins October 22nd. You can use my name, Rua, R-U-A, or the name of this podcast, Between Two Breaths, in your application to get $100 off the tuition. And if you just want to start by looking into the app, you can use my name again as a promo code, R-U-A, V-I-P, no credit card required. You'll get two months free. I'll leave the link in the show notes and um, happy, happy meditating, happy breathing, everyone. Happy day. Be grateful for where you are, what you have and who you're with. And um, tune in next time. All right.